Hello and welcome to Locked On Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kristen Anderson. Thank you so much for joining me. And just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it totally does. <laughs> A sixth straight loss for the Flames after Thursday's 5 nothing whopper to the St. Louis Blues at Enterprise Center. This one was pretty tough. They've been outscored 23-5 to in that span. So that's five goals in six games. And although it sounds like we're talking about how many goals Johnny Goudreau used to score in a span like that, we're really not. After Thursday's game, the Flames have now been shut out in three straight road games. Their most recent road goal was scored with two seconds left in the first period on November 3rd at Washington. Now, they've been shut out 11 straight road periods since, so it's no surprise their road record right now is 4-9-1, and one, and only the Minnesota Wild have more road losses. Right now, the Wild are 4-10-0 and zero away from the XL Energy Center in Minnesota, so the Flames are 3-6-1 and one in their last 10 games, and they're slipping further and further behind in the Western Conference standings. They're 7th in the Pacific Division with a 10-12-3 record through 25 games. They're one of the only teams in the NHL that have played 25 games, so they have played a lot of hockey, but time is slipping away, and it's almost at that U.S. Thanksgiving quarter pole mark that is usually a determining factor whether or not a team is going to make the playoffs. So time's running out. Are they going to get out of this funk, or are they just going to keep sliding and spiraling downward. Remember when I told you not to hit that panic button? Maybe it's time you should start hitting that panic button. After Thursday's loss to the Blues, a team which they'd only seen 12 nights earlier, if you remember that 3-2 overtime loss, the Flames had a closed-door meeting, a heart-to-heart where they aired out some of their grievances. It was about 10 minutes long, and then they continued it after, get this, they realized their plane had mechanical issues, and they were stranded in St. Louis for another night, so they had to change their plans. It's not the worst thing in the world, of course, to be stuck somewhere overnight, especially on the road in the NHL. They only had a practice day on Friday and didn't have to alter their schedule too drastically. So in some ways it was quite serendipitous that they were forced to switch gears. And I thought it was interesting, Matthew Kachuk said it was almost a good thing, like a sign when the plane didn't end up coming. He said they had a good night in St. Louis and just went back to the hotel and hung out and chatted about whatever needed to be chatted about. And really all the accountability lies on the players right now. Andrew Mandrupani, Sean Monaghan, and Kachuk are the only three players with multiple points during the current skid. Johnny Goudreau is minus 11 over this miserable awful stretch. His on-again linemates Monaghan minus 9 and Elias Lindholm is minus 8 aren't much better. Mark Jankowski has somehow only managed one shot on net over the last 88 shifts during those last six games. Like, how does that happen? Their defense has been way too soft and part of that has got to be because of their injury situation and of course how mentally draining it was to watch TJ Brody's episode on November 14th when he convulsed on the ice. Very scary stuff. I'll talk more about him a little bit later but Brody along with Travis Hamanick 
they've both been out. Travis Hamannick is dealing with a lower body injury and was unavailable for Thursday's game. So they have a pretty inexperienced back end when it comes to team chemistry. Oliver Shillington has played 57 NHL games with the Flames and Brandon Davidson has skated in 164 NHL games. So they do have NHL experience, but I think it's just getting a bit of chemistry going. And obviously everybody feels like they're doing way too much or needs they're doing they are doing way too much but feel like they need to do more and need to do everything you certainly can't blame the goaltenders for the flames goal scoring issues they've done their part being the last line of defense for this group david riddick still leads all nhl goalies with 1138 minutes played in 16 seconds that's a league lead and that's also a league lead when it comes to his starts it wasn't all Cam Talbot's fault in the last time he was in net, that 6 nothing loss at the Vegas Golden Knights. So the goaltenders are doing their job. It's up to the players now to get the job done up front. So I want to bring up something that I tweeted about the other day after Thursday's game. I thought that it, some of them, it, it was misinterpreted a little bit. On, never shocking, right? On Twitter hearing something misinterpreted. But I thought that some of the reactions were kind of interesting as people automatically assumed something that I maybe think that they shouldn't have. So I tweeted out since Peter's strong post-game comments on November 5th after a 4-3 overtime win over Arizona and then I listed the Flames results after that. So a 5-2 win versus New Jersey on November 7th. A 3-2 overtime loss to St. Louis on November 9th. 3-1 loss to Dallas on November 13th. 3-0 loss to Arizona on November 16th. A 6-0 loss to Vegas on November 17th. 3-2 loss to Colorado on November 19th. And finally, a 5-0 loss to St. Louis on November 21st. People automatically assumed that I was inferring that Bill Peters' message wasn't being received by the team. And that wasn't the case at all. That's not what I meant by my... My initial tweet. It was more to say that nothing is getting through to this group. Yes, okay, so Bill Peters comes to the media after the, after the game against Arizona and has a laundry list of things that the Flames could have done better that they weren't doing. Um, ways to fix their their team basically a laundry list of of faults i wasn't saying that it was peter's fault i'm not and i don't think all of this this entire these road woes and this losing streak or their inability to score goals this is not all on bill peter's shoulders yes the coach bears some of that responsibility and perhaps his message isn't getting through to the players right now i don't think that brad Treliving is going to make any knee-jerk movement and firing any of the coaching staff at this point in this juncture in the season and where they're at in the franchise i think that bill peters has only been here two years and this is not the right time to make a coaching change and what would that fix in the in the end anyway at some point, this lies on the player's shoulders. Like, this is, has to be the responsibility of the players. So, after this break, I want to bring up some of Brad Living's comments from Friday. And then we'll also tee up Saturday's game. And we'll get you primed for next week. All of that is coming up next. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from LockedOn sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. 
All right, welcome back to Locked on Flames. I'm your host, Kristen Anderson. I'd like to talk a little bit about Brad Treliving's comments from Friday when the team was still in St. Louis. I'd like to play a little bit of the audio as well, too, from Flames TV, just about from Brad Treliving talking about how frustrated this process is, and really it starts with him in terms of the accountability. Uh, for me, I think my, my the responsibility of the manager is I'm responsible. So if there's fingers to point right now, let's point them in the right direction. That should be the person in charge, and that's me. So the manager's underperformed, um, and I take the responsibility of the of the performance of the team. So that's first and foremost. This is my responsibility. When you go through adversity, there's 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 two ways you can go through it. And uh, I believe in this group. I believe that when you're going through difficult times, you push and support people. Um, you don't, you know, throw bodies on the tarmac. And that's what we're going to do here. This is a this is a group. It's a good group that's underperforming. We got to find a way to get back to to being a good group that's performing. And it starts with myself. Um, I believe fully in this coaching staff. Um, I don't uh, stay in tune to the social media world there, but if there, uh, last couple of days I've been uh, asked about, um, you know, changes. The, the coaches aren't going anywhere. The, the you know, uh, our top players aren't going anywhere. Um, so while the outside world and wants to, uh, uh, and rightly so, um, count us out, this is when you bunker in and you get into the foxhole and you, you, you try to make your team better. And uh, it starts with making this group better. We're underperforming. We've got to get back to a level of performance that we're capable of. At the end of the day, if the six-game losing streak is the most difficult thing you're going to uh, face in life, you may have you may have some issues uh, moving forward. So let's, let's, let's deal with it. Let's be honest with each other. Uh, let's hold ourselves and each other accountable. Um, but... We're the ones that are going to get out of this. Um, this group here is the ones. Nobody's from the outside is going to do it. Um, there's no saviors coming. It's up to each individual person to do what they're capable of doing. Take stock in themselves. Be accountable to themselves. Be accountable to the guy next to them. Um, and that's how you. That's how you go through tough times. Uh, around you, learn about. Um, you never like going through them, but they can be certainly learning experiences. That we. That's what we plan on doing right now. Brad, can I ask you? In these tough times, how do you do you address the team? Do you leave them alone? Do you send a message like this to them, or what? How do you handle? Well, yeah, I don't like speaking about that. Like I, I think the manager running down to the room all the time is not. That's their area. That's the coach's area. I did speak to the team today. Um, I met with our leadership group this morning. I spoke to the team uh, as a group after. Um, we'll keep that in those four walls. But that, you, you, to me, you need to support. You know, but support sometimes is also, um, I, I think, in honesty is the best. You know, is the best approach. You know, we know we're not playing well. We don't need to be told. So, so let's dig into it. Let's let's face it head on. Let's deal with it as a group. Let's deal with deal with it individually. Starts with the manager. The manager's been horrible, and uh, he's got to get get going. The rest of the guys now we got to get going. All right, some pretty strong stuff from Flames General Manager Brad Living on Friday. He said that the coaches aren't going anywhere, the top players aren't going anywhere, and it all starts with the general manager. So um, what does this mean? Like, what does 
him saying this mean? It, it, honestly, it, it doesn't really mean much. I know that he had to say something, but it sounds like the team, he's going to just let the team try to right the ship on its own as is. And yes, we all know that Trilliving was forced to say something and be accountable in some ways to take the focus off the team and put some onus on him. That being said, there's nothing that changes right now in terms of personnel, in terms of the, the, of the job that he's done, in terms of the team that he's put together. It, truth be told, it's all up to the players right now. This roster established as is to try and get out of this mess. So struggles like this, a six-game losing streak, failure to score goals, failure to generate any type of offense, hold a lead, take, hang on to a lead or even just get a lead from, from the beginning of the game, these are all personnel problems. These are all, this is all up to the team to figure out what, how to fix it, how to, how to move forward, how to get better. What is the team that Brad Trilliving assembled as is good enough to, to get out of that mess on themselves. I guess that Brad Trilliving believes in it, but it's one thing to believe in it, but it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. After the break, I'll talk a little bit about the upcoming game on Saturday, and we'll also tee up the week ahead in terms of the Flames schedule and get you set for the lineup and maybe give you a hint of optimism moving forward. All right, just a couple of lineup notes to inform you about after Friday's practice in St. Louis, that that last-minute scheduling change because of the Flames plane that was uh, did not show up or had some mechanical issues on Thursday night. So they ha- were forced to stay another day in St. Louis. The next day, of course, uh, being Friday, they were able to practice in St. Louis and then flew out to Philadelphia on Friday night. So at practice, we saw Johnny Goudreau skate with Sean Monahan and Elias Lindholm. We saw Matthew Kachuk with Michael Backlund and Michael Froelich. So some co- continuity there with those top two lines. We saw the Lucic, Ryan, Dubé line still together. That line has been one of their best trios uh, as of late, at least the last three games that they've been together. Zach Ronaldo, Mark Jankowski, and Tobias Reeder were on the fourth line. And Pani, who had a broken nose after that uh, hit by uh, Dunn on Thursday, he was the uh, extra forward as well. On defense, we saw Mark Giordano and Rasmus Anderson. We saw Noah Hannafin and Michael Stone, Oliver Shillington, Brandon Davidson, and Alexander Yellison was the extra as well. David Riddick was in the starters net, and Cam Talbot was in the other side, so we would probably expect to see David Riddick against the Philadelphia Flyers for the matinee. So some optimism here. The team revealed that TJ Brody would be joining them in Philadelphia, although he won't play on Saturday. Still, this is amazing news for a guy who's been out for the last four games with a medical issue. Of course, everybody knows what happened. It was a really scary, tough situation um, watching him collapse on the ice and then convulse. The team obviously were absolutely amazing during the entire process and So when he does talk, if he does choose to talk to the media, it will be interesting to hear his side of the story, how the experience was for him or what he went through or what he experienced. And if he feels comfortable to share it, of course, uh, 
giving some details and what happened. So, um, and I was there and I could tell you it was incredibly scary. So I can't imagine what it was like for him, his teammates, um, and his family. Everybody that was watching was incredibly concerned for him. So good news to see TJ Brody will be back on the ice soon. Travis Hamanick is still out with that upper, or sorry, lower body injury. Upper body injury is Sam Bennett. Uh, he's on the LTIR, so we'll be interested to see how long that lasts for. And upcoming schedule, we've got the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday. We have the Pittsburgh Penguins on Monday and then on Wednesday to wrap things up against the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo. It's a four-game road trip. The Flames are in a sp- Spiral downwards. They've lost six in a row. Can they get out of it? Thank you so much for joining me on Locked on Flames. I will be back Monday with a fresh brand new podcast with some audio from Saturday's game and we'll hope to tee up the upcoming week. Thanks again. Love me now. Would you love me if I was down and out? Would you stay?